Hey, hey, this is Soma79 with a special announcement. My new Mega Mix is up. My MF Doom Mega Mix Oxidation Moons Day is now available. Go to www.soma79.com slash doom to check it out. It's a 30 minute mix that I did of MF Doom raps over my own beats. I really enjoy it. I hope you really enjoy it. So check it out. Tell a friend. Peace. Hey, welcome to the newest episode of the Articulate Ox Podcast. I am your host, Soma79. Thank you so, 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 so much for joining me. My guest today is Phoenix, Arizona rapper, Unorthodox. And um, I'm super excited to share this episode with you. Um, so this was another part in my series where I just start thinking about cities in the country where I never hear about rappers being from. And I try to find somebody in that city who can tell me what the scene is like there. And um, Phoenix was an interesting one because it is kind of crazy that you don't really hear about rappers from Arizona. Unorthodox uh, points out in this interview that it's like the fourth biggest city in the country. And, you know, we really, you know, we really struggle to come up with any real big hip hop names from there. And um, I don't know. So we get down to the bottom of that a little bit here. And he's just a really cool, talented dude. Um, he's, he understands that he's got to do every area of his, um, his, his career, his rap career to really make it. And he's gotten really good at that. And it's always exciting to talk to somebody who's super passionate and, um, just kind of is excited about like the business and getting himself out there as much as he is the creative part. So this was a really fun conversation. I look forward to having him back on and, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe work on some music together. I got some ideas that, uh, we talked about a little bit that I'll be sending his way soon. So, um, all right. Thank you so much. Uh, make sure you follow me, follow on Orthodox, uh, check out my Oxidation Moons Day, um, MF Doom mashup that I released. It's, uh, 30 minutes of me, my beats under MF doom wraps you can find that at soma79.com slash doom and uh depending on when this comes out we may be uh time for my ep uh quiet life loud friends soma 79 and pilsy beats um just finishing up the cover here today but uh who knows when stuff will get released but the ep quiet life loud friends soma 79 and pilsy beats uh, featuring appearances by copyright honest uh, my man rick seaholm previous guest all types of good stuff. Jay Sinatra, previous guest. So uh, yeah, make sure you check that out if you have not already and if it's available yet. Who knows? Time is a construct. Have a great one, everybody. Okay. Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich But she still can't stand the way he manages To never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids Plus he cheats at corn holding rags that he won Hey, welcome to the Articulate, o Articulate Ox Podcast I am your host, Soma79 My guest today is rapper Unorthodox from Phoenix, Arizona What's going on today, man? Hey, what up, Soma? Thank you for having me on, bro I really appreciate it I love the platform you got here, bro I appreciate it, man Yeah, I'm really digging your music I got, um... Uh, one thing that's kind of funny about, I got your tape here, uh, Draco by the bedside. One thing that's kind of funny about um, the rappers having this podcast, there's been a bunch of very weird coincidences, like things that happen around episodes or stuff like that. And this one, uh, I guess you only made 28 of these and I got number four and I, my birthday is 428. 
So yo, four twenty-eight, so almost seventy-nine. So I thought that was kind of weird. <laughs> like that's like the third or fourth time something like that has has happened with somebody that I'm interviewing from different parts of the country. I love that, bro. Yeah, I know. I just numbered those in the uh in the order the the orders came in, and so you were the fourth one to pre-order, and you rocked with me through all the all the bullshit, all the treachery I had to go through to get those tapes made. This is my first time doing a. Uh, a tape release only my second time doing a physical release so yeah. and we i do it all like in-house everything i do from the video merch audio it's like all in-house except for the beats even those are in-house you know what i mean those are the homies but you always yeah. gotta it's a new battle a new frontier every time you learn a new new task you know what i mean oh yeah yeah and it was funny I, so i was in um with this uh shout out to this record store called joe's albums that's down here who just let, told me they let me do a uh a video down there so that's coming soon but um i was down there the other day looking through some vinyl and I heard a couple of older dudes be like i can't believe people listen to think it's cassettes anymore why would they ever do that they just want it for the novelty and i was like nah hip-hop people listen to cassettes because i put you on this cassette and like it really took me back to that feeling of listening to cassettes. Like it felt like it belonged in that medium for whatever it meant. And like, it, it all blended well. And then like, I really dug this album, man. It was like, um, I didn't really know much of your stuff when I ordered it. I ordered this so that I could get to know what your stuff sounded like. Cause I found you on Instagram and I, I love this, man. I'd recommend this to anybody. Yo, man. Thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate that for real, man. And yeah, really you were right, bro. It. Tape is... We got the oh, poster. yeah, you got the poster with it, too. Actually, see, that was the pre-order bonus. That was just for the people who pre-ordered and stuck with me. I went and got those, like, specially made just because I was like, I don't want to just send people, a, you know, whatever. And it's like, I don't know. I can't. I'm not creative enough to come up with, like, you know, 28 different personalized messages and stuff to yeah, yeah, yeah. some some people I don't know. So I'm like, you know, let me just throw, like, an extra piece of merch in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm rock, rocking the shirt, rocking the shirt right here. You know what I mean? Wow, very cool, man. yeah yeah so but yeah man so tape, that's like the original medium so i feel you but my, yeah. my bad bro. continue no problem so where did the idea for this album come from um so the album itself like the music it was just um basically van cleef just started sending me beats like they just started they just hit me up i kind of knew them from a while back they went under a few different aliases and whatnot um but yeah, they kind of restarted, rebranded as Van Cleef, hit me off with a bunch of beats. And I was just really into the vibe that they were providing at that time of just like a lot of the, not all the beats on Draco are drumless, but there's like a couple of them. And like all the beats are just like loops. You know what I mean? It's not really like lavish, like, you know, don't even want to say overproduced because it doesn't have to be overproduced, but you know, it's very minimalist. That's really what the word I'm looking for. It's very minimalist kind of style of production, but still very nice. Um you know, textures and soundscapes, which it's to me is difficult drums, to do. Which is like a that? lot of a lot of the minimalist stuff that like I hear doesn't have drums, but your stuff still has some nice, like it's got a nice bop to it. It's got a nice combination of like modern and like old school. Thank you. And sometimes I have to, sometimes the, even the drums can be so minimalist that I have to go back and I forget which tracks on the album do and don't have drums because a lot yeah. of it's real you know it has that rhythm to it but it doesn't even like hit you like that but yeah. yeah no their production was incredible you know what i mean so basically a beat pack turned into an album more or less you know what i mean they were just sending me so much good stuff that i'm yeah i took a couple lectures off their band camp but i think like half the album was like one beat pack they just sent me like yo anything you like in here and i was like motherfucker i like all of these yeah. uh, give me all of these and then we're gonna do some more after this we even got some more tracks we got in the cut yeah 
That's it's funny. I have the same thing with my producer Pilsy. I'm dropping two EPs with him. One Quiet Life Loud Friends coming out around Halloween, I think. Um, which I should mention. I think this episode of the out around Halloween. So yeah, it's, 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 it's October right now. Yeah, yeah, it is October. Um, the leaves still in the trees. Um, but the, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, um the uh it's do you find now that it's easier to get beats like really good quality beats because i for years like i make my own beats but i i kind of make beats that didn't really match my style and i I always preferred to rap over somebody else's and um now i feel like the beats i'm getting from producers i'm getting way more and they're way better and a lot of them a lot of people would lie to me in the past about something being sample free or like whatever and now they actually aren't lying so like are you finding you're getting better beats I'm going to be honest. It's always been really easy for me to get beats. Like, I mean, being good at friends. (laughs) Honestly, yo, I didn't either when I started at this. But also, what what, what time are you referring to that you feel like it was difficult to make beats? That was difficult to find beats. I guess maybe I'm thinking like, I guess I did think about a 10 year gap off in rapping. I always forget that. So like, I'm probably thinking about the late, late, like 20 aughts. So that's, so scrap that. (laughs) <laughs> okay wait wait you said late oh late 20 aughts okay no no but that's that's why i'm saying you might not that's that's just the time because that i was yeah. that was before i was even really coming up that was like right before i actually like i've been recording i've been recording music playing shows for about 10 years now just about 10 years um so i came i came around at the time like i was there right like as soundcloud was like popping off yeah. you know what i mean before like soundcloud rap was like even a thing like just the influx of everyone you know i mean shit when i i say 10 years ago i was you know fourth like 15 you know what i mean so it's funny, everyone so like, everyone my age was jumping on there because it became so easy to make shit that there just there's a lot of bullshit but there's a lot of talented people in the mix also if you you know have time to sift through a lot of it oh definitely yeah it's funny so like i kind of quit rapping for a while around 2009 or 10 and it was because the market was so flooded and you couldn't sell anything to anybody anymore and the the cd industry was falling off a cliff and nobody knew what to do and it was like it seems like soundcloud was the thing that sort of gave the the, you know hip-hop some new breath because it was kind of a rough few years for independent hip-hop around then i think that maybe kind of helped bring it back bro i actually speak on uh I speak on that similar type of shit, bro. I swear when I was getting into music, when I was getting into like recording, I argue with my man Salute. Shout out to Salute, my my co-founder of Verified Air, our collective. But I go back and forth with him because I'm like, I think that was such a weak era of rap that like 2010 to like 2015 obviously don't take me out of character there was good stuff going on i was listening to like billy woods a lot i honestly was listening to a lot of experimental music because like death grips and like yeah that type of stuff because i've been listening to rap since i was a little little kid you know like as far as i can remember and like been like a rap nerd so like by the time i was like in high school like i'd heard so much fucking rap i'd heard you know illmatic mob deep 36 chambers i'd seen wu-tang live like twice before i even went to high school so by the time by the time I was there, it was like, yeah, it just seemed like things were very stagnant. So I was just listening to like experimental stuff. But then I think everyone, I feel like hip hop as like a genre and a culture maybe got a little bit more acclimated to like, you know, the digital SoundCloud sort of waves. I feel like there were kind of movements missing in that period. You had like odd future. Yeah, but I was just thinking, I'll, yeah. 
Yeah, but outside of that, it was like it just felt like there was a bunch of random bullshit going on. And some of it was amazing. Like even my man Billy Woods, like he was making incredible music, but it wasn't he didn't really have like a click or like anything he was really connected to. Like he wasn't doing albums with Alchemist back then or like none of that. You look at the producer list, it's all like cats you haven't heard of, you know? Right. Yeah. And it was a lot of that. Everyone's just kind of in their own like circles. It didn't seem like there was a lot of cohesion. Now everyone's working together, which is beautiful. Yeah, it is. It's great. That's one thing too, that it's like I being able to meet these people from our own the world. Like I just did a song with someone from Alaska. I work with someone from San Antonio all the time. It's so freaking easy now, man. It's yeah, I saw you had the you had the battle rapper from Juno, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I saw um, I saw some of that. Yeah, he's that dude, that dude's so talented. Wordplay to fly SMT. What's up, man? Um, so what so what are your earliest memories of hip hop? Do you is there anything in particular when you remember hearing it for like the first time? I can't say hearing it for like the first time because that's just like yeah that's you know yeah yeah no no exactly I'm just I'm just putting that because some people they really do and that's part of why I can't relate to you know certain people that want to you know come along later which is fine it's like you know a lot of people they find themselves in you know high school and their adolescence and stuff like that some people don't even find themselves till later but that's the thing it's like I don't even remember the first time I heard hip-hop and I didn't grow up in like a hip-hop household like necessarily I grew up with you know parents listen to like classic rock and like you know r&b and shit like that but um to answer your question i would say the the earliest like i guess i can say i remember like falling in love with hip-hop more and less more or less was uh playing like early like nba live games and shit because i was like same way i can't remember falling uh, when i found hip-hop i remember finding basketball but i was a huge basketball fan from like you know like diapers basically so (laughs) I was buying, so I bought, like, I remember having, like, NBA Live 2004, the one with Vince Carter on the cover. Yeah. And uh, when he played with the Raptors. And and those games come out, like, the year before. So it was, like, 2003. So I'm, like, seven or eight or some shit like yeah. that. I had and some of those soundtracks. Sound- I had some of those CDs back then, like, the soundtracks. Of oh, that's good. You have, you have CD copies of some of, like, the NBA Live soundtracks? I have one of them. I can picture the cover. It's got a basketball hoop on it, shockingly. Um, I remember yeah. Gene... Gene Gray's on it. I want to say maybe Percy P's on it. I, I I'll dig it up and Bro, send you a picture of it. I want to know what game that is because I know I for a fact that's one I did not have because I have all these soundtracks like memorized. So I'm interested. Uh, but like, bro, all those again? games. I was what's what's it actually? Mom, I had NBA Live, but NBA I I never remember hearing Gene Gray or Percy P in NBA maybe Live. Maybe confusing could... it with like a different. Um, maybe I'm confusing it with a different. Uh... Oh, exactly. No, I'm not even pulling your card right now. I'm like, I want to hear this soundtrack now because right. I love those like early. Because bro, even not because NBA Live 2004. I was just gonna say it had fucking Mob Deep, um, the game, Outcast. Dilated Peoples. There was a few more on there. There was like some underground type of shit. But then I also remember like NBA Live 2K5, the old 2K ones. That bro, they might have been a 2K one. It may have been 2K. I'm the only 2K. I'm not a big video game person, so I don't know like a ton about uh, this stuff. No, there you go. These are like my three strong suits right now: video games, <laughs> hip hop, and about NBA Jam. I do have NBA Jam right down here. We can plug it in for oh. that right now. <laughs> Bro, in NBA Two K Five, one of the ones I had growing up. It was like a whole Bay Area like hip hop soundtrack, and bro, you could enter a cheat code and you could play as hieroglyphics as an unlockable team. Oh shit, that's awesome. They had all all like eight or nine dudes or whatever, but. Yeah, no, there was a lot of really great. It's, it's a shame now when I I don't play the two Ks as much now, but now I see a lot of like 
it's a lot of Lil Uzi Vert and J. Cole and like really yeah. big artists where it was like it was kind of cool back then where it was like it was very, very independent. You know what I mean? Like I, was, I mean, there were big ones, but I found dilated people's Talib Kweli, oh, yeah. the coup. Uh, bro, Army of the Pharaohs, the first time I ever heard like Jedi Montrix or anything. Yeah. NBA yeah, Live 07. My, yeah, that's so here. That's like, uh, like you want to you want to ask how the fuck they ended up putting Jedi Montrix in like a rated E for everyone game. And I, like, I know, bro, they pulled it off. They pulled it off. The song was crazy. But Tony yeah, man, Hawk, um, Tony Hawk was the one for like for me. Like there was so Tony Hawk was it for so many people. I never had Tony Hawk growing up, only for the fact that every single one of my friends had it. So I would just go to their houses to play it. But it was so funny because I remember when I got to like middle school, I like had a friend uh who's no longer with us, unfortunately. Rest in peace. But he uh he was listening to music from all like the Tony Hawk games, and we found that we had a lot of like artists in common from just yeah. like our different video games and shit like hieroglyphics and deltron and video stuff game like that like, you're gonna hear the song so many times so you're either gonna learn to love it or you're gonna learn to hate it like it's like exactly bro i would know. go i would go in and turn the shit off that i wasn't fucking with but there was like almost never those songs like it was so and it was all rap you know what i mean there was like yeah. no Tony Hawk, they had a really varied soundtrack yeah. but those nba They're... games bro it was like exclusively yeah. underground hip-hop because i bet it was I bet it was a lot cheaper to get those sorts of licenses from like was. Merce and, you know, those types of people. They versus, probably understood um, their audience, too. I think, I mean, yeah. it's not surprising there's more punk songs on like the Tony Hawk one. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, no, probably, totally. Yeah. But I feel like now they have said they I feel like they have such huge budgets for like the like oh, those games God, are yeah. like multi-billion dollar things. Now that it's like it's nothing to fucking, you know, go get J. Cole and Uzi and like all these people. Back then it was like. I don't know either that or it was just like some adult swim shit where the people who made those soundtracks just had like amazing taste because they definitely helped set my taste for the next adult 20 swim years is another huge one um i was so i'm actually i'm going to get a danger doom on i'm going to get a um space ghost tattoo with danger doom's mask on it um I, oh hell yeah adult swim is to me the ultimate like just so like with a mouse so like space ghost with like a mouse head yeah, with like the Doom mask with the ears coming off. There's like there's okay, a cover yeah, exactly. from a magazine back then that I remembered, and I dug it up, and I'm gonna get that. It's gonna be right. Yeah, that's what I was shit. picturing. Yeah, it's um, I love that shit. That that stuff is absolutely magical to me. Like it's um, yeah, it really is. Yeah, the way that's that, what I fell in love with was that that like mid those like mid two thousands. I started listening to like nineties rap and shit like later, but like mid two thousands, like even the mainstream rap and the underground rap of that era. That's like. That was like what ingratiated me, really. Like that's my roots right there. Yeah, that whole um, Adult Swim thing taught me a few things. It taught me that, um, and you can do anything because if you can look at like Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which I love, but like I'm sorry, anybody could make that. Anybody with like six, like the creativity, no, but like the actual assembling it, it makes you go, yeah. yes, I could do this if I had an idea as good as this, I could do this, and that gets you halfway there if you're a motivated person. And Adult Swim opened, I think, so many people's eyes, going, this is something that you can do. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be amazing you know in in you know objective quality but like you yeah, can do production something, yeah right and it can be weird as fuck like there's so much amazing stuff in adult swim i haven't even seen that um i don't know it to me it's it's and also the fact that it's on the same it's on the same channel as the cartoon network it always blows my mind that they get away with that it's sort of like putting like the knives right next to the cookies <laughs> like you know if you have kids like it's it's so it's so it's always been funny like it always feels like they're really pulling one over like somebody yeah i never knew how that how that shit worked and apparently i think someone was telling me they have like 
almost like independence or like autonomy from like Turner or like who like whoever owns Cartoon Network. I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard something like that. They also, I mean, they did so much for hip hop and like the bumps and all that sort of stuff, the music yeah. they were playing in the segments. But they, I feel like they basically birthed meme culture too. Just like all that like absurdist, yeah. like Tim and Eric like type of shit. Like that's like the default like sense of humor for like people my age and younger basically is like, yeah. you know, weird, like random, you know, just like absurdist, surrealist like type of shit. Every but yeah, it's year crazy how you see something that watch... small can be so impactful. Yeah. Every year at Christmas, I still watch the Doom, um, Doom drinking the chalice and doing all those bumpers and stuff. Like that to me is like the Christmas season. I remember watching that for the first come, time. Come December, live. come December, uh, we got like a chalkboard like in the in the kitchen. And yeah, last year my girl did like a like Doom and like a Santa fit like type of thing. Like threw oh, it up nice. there for like December. So I feel you, bro. Doom, Doom's a Christmas icon at this point. Yeah, I, many different icons, but a Christmas icon as well. I know. Yeah, that was um, I Doom is. Yeah, I actually just released the Doom mix. I, I remixed um like 12 Doom songs under my own beats and I mixed them together into one 30 minute mega mix and I dropped it the other day. I saw that. I swear I've seen it. Have you? I swear I've seen that artwork before. Yeah, that artwork was it was originally just a t-shirt. Like not even a t-shirt. Like I I made one t-shirt of it, but it was just like a design I did. Is like a um because I had this character Ox that I use for everything. So it was a mashup of that. And then when I decided, I just did this thing on the spur of the moment. I was like, oh, I already have art. I might as well just use that. And like you know, that awoke in a memory for me, bro. I'm like, this is like bringing back early Instagram memories for me. I was like, oh shit, you're that, you're that guy from back in the day. Oh yeah. Connect the dot moments. Yeah. 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 It was fun. I really loved your logo because that was one of the things like, you know, maybe I just love ice cream and orange because I could take a look at it. Very cool. Yeah. This is a really dope looking logo. Um, That was one thing that I I definitely caught my eye when I saw your profile. So did did you design this yourself or? Uh, Give me one second. I'm getting a helicopter fly over. That's all right. I'm just trying to look at all why right. my girlfriend That's sent good. me 96 texts at once. Like This is how good <laughs> of a girlfriend I have. She sent me a text. It says, RZA announces symphony shows celebrating 30th anniversary of Wu-Tang Clan's 36 Chambers. Yo. Make sure you click on that later. <laughs> That's tight. That's yeah. tight. But uh okay, so the the lo- the the logo you're asking. Um yeah. so that actually just came together. One of my homies back in high school, who basically my one homie I still have from high school to this day. Um, he's just a really talented artist in like a lot of different ways, but he's always been good at drawing and shit. And I had the name, like I said, I've been doing this shit for I've been rapping as you know, docs unorthodox for 10 yeah about 10 years at this point so he just texted me that like sketch like one day like i still have the photo somewhere of like he like just drew it on like you know paper with like colored pencils or some shit and i i sat on it for a little bit and then eventually one of my homies before i really got into doing any type of graphic design but um i just sent it to a homie and then he basically like digitized it like in illustrator like turned it into digital art and he did a really good job with it too that I have, I've made no alterations to what he did. Like, you know, I think I got the digital version probably like a few, a few years after that, I've probably had the digital version for like seven years or something like that, but I've never had to touch it or anything. I appreciate that, bro. Yeah. It was just like a random. Yeah, bro. My homie designed that when we were like 15 or something and, you know, we're still rocking with it. Oh man. It's much better than when I was drawing when I was 15. Um, bro, he's so- a, he's a, he's a God, bro. 
Yeah. So I, you don't hear a whole lot about the Arizona hip hop scene. Um, and that's part of what I was trying to, trying to do is reach out to areas where I'm like, well, there's gotta be a hip hop scene in the city. There's enough people. So what is it like? So like, what, what is the history of like, not, that's kind of a big question, but like, who are no, like, sort of whatever, Arizona hip hop, um, you know, legends or whatever. And like, what is the, like, what is the scene like out there? Man. It's a really interesting scene, bro. Not um, I'll, I'll be the I'll just open it in a vague way like that. When people like, there's a re like there's a reason. No one knows what the reason is, but there's a reason that like you don't hear of rappers like coming out of Phoenix. By the way, there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of rappers out of here, but there's literally it's been like a debate monologue out here as long as I've been in the game as to, you know, why nobody pops out here. And there's a lot of different like factors you could chalk it up to. Um, but I will say, I know a lot of the like OGs out here and shit. So a lot of people that showed me Earth's love early on in the scene out here were a lot of the OGs. And we had people getting signed to like majors and shit like back in the day. Um, like there was a there's a cat out here who stayed he's still out here rapping. Um there was a cat Prophetico who was signed to Sony in like the late nineties, early two thousands. He actually sued Sony and uh, to get his masters back because they were like shelving him basically. Yeah. Successfully as an independent artist, sued Sony, got his masters back. Wow. Another cat, uh a homie of mine out here, one of one of my OGs, uh Joe Bags was in a group called uh the Society of Invisibles, and they inked a deal with um like uh baby name. grand yeah yeah. yeah yeah good name yeah no they're yeah, tsoi yeah they're definitely still active out here yeah, but um yeah, they, yeah they were signed uh they were signed to baby grand who yeah that's if, yeah a gene remember like Jizza, like yeah. talib Kweli, a lot of those people were like putting stuff out on there around that time this was like 2006 a yeah. little bit later and leading up to that uh they sold to like they got they got a little bit of buzz like in the region type of shit and they sold five thousand records out the trunk like yeah. leading up to that, like in the early two that early two thousands, um, which is impressive to me because I couldn't yeah, see anyone. Yeah, I couldn't see anyone doing like, bro. Like, how, how I mean, often have you ever bought something out of somebody's trunk? Like, right when you're selling it out of a trunk, like you're you're at a disadvantage, <laughs> bro. Like, you got some motion to like do some yeah. shit. Like, you got your shit together. Trust me, I'm just starting to get into the pop ups and stuff, and I do a lot of my stuff in very low low quantities right now, and it's just trying to you know get through those. The idea of doing like. 5,000 in like the course of a year, like out the trunk. Yeah. Like that's crazy. And I couldn't see anyone doing that right now. I mean, myself included. So I'm not like disrespecting nobody. No. But no. to me, it shows that I'll put it this way there definitely wasn't no 5,000 rappers in Phoenix in that at that point. Right. So this isn't like you selling it to your fucking. Rappers, right. Like you, exactly. No, this isn't like, you know, when someone buys onto a show and like they sell the tickets, like, you know, their cousins and like this and that, yeah. bro. You don't have that many cousins in this, that. If you selling like a thousand, multiples of thousands yeah, yeah. like you doing it so yeah. basically i say this to say there was like there were a i know people who still live here in phoenix that used to be a and r's for tommy boy and arista and shit like that yeah um we don't there there isn't i mean we a and r's aren't really like the thing anymore but it's like let's say um you won't like run into people in phoenix nowadays that like work for complex or like basically no one who's uh in phoenix is connected to shit outside of Phoenix. The only person I can kind of say is like uh, the podcaster Bootleg Kev, 
who a lot of okay. people are probably familiar yep. with. I know that is, he's based yeah. in Vegas now, I think, but he's from here and he actually like reps Phoenix. Um, so another had, group from here, another yeah. group from here is Injury Reserve. They're from Tempe. They're actually really big as of late, but they do not rep. They do not rep like the scene like at all. Like they kind of shit on the scene when they blew up, and they don't really make any references to like being from Tempe, Phoenix area, nothing like that. Tempe is like it's like the it's assisted. It's it's part of the Phoenix metropolitan. You know what yeah. I mean? I but, had um yeah. XL the Beast, who's a, a hip hop Boston hip hop legend. On we were talking a little bit why. For a long time, there were no Boston rappers that blew. I mean, it was really our biggest claim to fame was Guru from Gangstar, but he moved to Brooklyn and he basically that he called that his home for most of his life. That's true because I know they they distanced themselves from that. Sorry, yeah. not to I was yeah no, continue cool, though. No, and then Premier is from from Texas, so like, um, but like, it, that's it true. Was, it was really, um, and he said what the reason kind of was is because so anybody who got even a little buzz just moved to New York because it was just three hours down the road. So is it that you think a lot of people from Arizona that there's some place not far where they're like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well just live in L.A. or might as well just live in, you know. Not because you could be in L.A. and you could still rep Phoenix or if you don't try to rep Phoenix, uh, like yeah. people from people from here are still going to know. People will be like, Yo, you know that dude from L.A.? You know, he's really from Phoenix, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. nah, it's so funny, bro. You see people, and I'm not going to name names, but anyone in Phoenix knows this to be true. You see the inverse happening, bro. You see people coming from New York and L.A. who are like, oh, well, maybe I can get my shit off over here in, like, uh, not as competitive market, and they try to, like, claim Phoenix. They'll be like, yeah, bro, no, I'm from here. I just, you know, I moved here when I was like 16 or 17. I'm like, yeah, bro, you were not like, from here then. Like, let's, like, see, let's see a yearbook photo. <laughs> like, yeah, no, something. like, bro, you came out here like early teenage yeah. years. Like, I might give it to yeah, you. Like, you, you kind of in the middle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you like degrees, you don't have a tan. Yeah. No, exactly. I'm like, so it, it's funny. You see more of the opposite. I feel like you see people coming here and trying to, like, you know, fly the Phoenix flag and shit. Which is, you know, which is interesting. Like my boy Salute, he moved here when he was 20. He don't like, he's a Phoenix hip hop artist now, but like he reps Carolina. Like that's where he's from. Like he has a strong Southern accent. Like he just, you know, this is where he's based now. And that's how we got connected. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, there's a lot, I'll say this, to not to, you know, try to just paint, try to sum it up or paint a little bit more of a concise picture. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talent out here. It's just, there's not much of like a scene and honestly COVID fucked it up even more where it's just like a lot of the places that used to do shows, like stop doing shows during COVID. And then just like, for whatever reason, people don't like hosting shows. People don't like participating in the community, doing arts, like, you know, like as far as music goes, especially hip hop, like in Phoenix. So basically people just use it as an excuse to not like bring the shows back. They're just like, ah, oh, you know, this is fine. So a lot of places you can't do shows and the city's so big, like it's huge. Like Phoenix is like geographically like the size of L.A. And then there's other Mesa, Phoenix, Scottsdale, all the yeah. it's huge. So people live really far apart from each other. It's not that because I've spent a lot of time on the East Coast. So I know how That's different it is yeah. that you guys have sub like I can chalk it up this way. This, this paints a very picture of not just the scene here, but what the culture is like in Phoenix versus other cities. If you live on the East Coast, like especially if you live in New York, I can speak for because that's where I've spent a lot of time. You almost are certainly taking the subway like to work or just like in your general daily life. Right. So by default, you're spending so much of your time, all your commute time around other people, all different types of walks of life, 
crazy people, quiet people, yeah. but you're always like around people. You're always in the mix. Like that's kind of like your default. It's kind of like, it's, yeah. uh, it's the, it's the unusual for you to finally have that alone time. You probably, you probably got roommates. You don't even have alone time at the house. You right. know what I mean? And, I'm and, and you, in your apartment is small and the walls are thin. Exactly. Exactly. We're I was going to say. We literally booking, yeah. booking a hotel in New York city, like right before we got on this. Cause we're going down there to see a concert in a few weeks. And I'm reminding what it's like to be in New York city. Like. I love I love going to yeah no I love visiting New York and honestly you got to have roommates everywhere now even in Phoenix Phoenix is the 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 cost of living here is rising in Phoenix faster than anywhere in the country right now everyone's coming here Phoenix is the fourth biggest city in America after New York L A Chicago it really? it's, Holy shit. yeah bro we're like right us in uh, I think it's like Houston or something we're like we're pretty much right at the like same type of level and then when you include the like I said those surround like the whole metro the surrounding cities it's like I want to say I don't want to say five, but it's like three, three point five million people or something out here. But just spread the fuck out. So my bad to keep it on top. I'm saying basically when you're in New York, you're always doing. Yeah, you're always doing the subway. You're always around people out here. Everyone has a car like public transportation damn near doesn't exist. So you're spending all your time just in your car on your own, listening to your same music, your same podcasts like and people just become very like that becomes the default because then if you're spending all your time at home you just buy nicer shit for your house you know what i mean you buy a big tv now you have even more reason to sit at home well why would i go out i just bought a ps5 and a fucking tv you know so the culture out here is just like in general like people don't like i mean I'm yeah. painting with a broad brush. Like, I don't no, want people to get the wrong I, idea. I like, exactly haven't been what here. What are talking about? Like, and I even yeah, saw that, too. Like, we have one venue here that started doing hip-hop shows. They did a great one with Esoteric and Lord Finesse. They did another one with right. Large Professor and um and J-Live and, like, a bunch of other sh- Like, Fly Anakin was up here and shit. And, like, I go to the shows, and, like, I think, I'm like, this, this all looks pretty packed. And then I went to go see a rock show there, and it was actually packed. And I'm like, oh, this is what a real scene looks like when it's supporting. And it's like, I see the same thing, that hip-hop people don't come out so often, especially after COVID and stuff. But um, I think part of it is that a lot of these shows, like, you mentioned sort of, like, the Bringer shows before, Unfortunately, the opening acts when it's when it's too many people that are only on stage because they sold tickets to their cousins, like that's gonna yeah. discourage people from showing up. And then the real, then the like, I've been to like Jizza shows. Like, man, I'm old. Like, if he goes on at like midnight, I'm like, good lord, man, this is like, where's he at the end? Bro, no, no that's big. insane, bro. The older acts that don't go on until then, that's insane. Like, yeah. I, I'm usually like, you know, one of the youngest people at those types of shows, and I'm like, bro. Other people got kids and jobs yeah. and stuff, bro. Like, yeah. you got to realize your fan base is not 26 anymore. Like, unless you're Juicy J or some shit, like, you know, who's yeah. just always maintained, like, a grip on the youth. Like, bro, no. Like, people ain't trying to do all that. Shit, I don't even got kids and I'm not trying to do all that. I'm trying to, like, hit a bar after or something. Like, even if I'm not sleepy, like, I'm yeah. not trying to be fucking sitting here till midnight. But, no, nah, there's – honestly, there was a lot – and that's another thing. There was a lot of – there was a, a movement – not a movement, a company, basically – uh, you know, like a, prom- uh, a promoters who basically they kind of took over the scene. And that's all you were seeing out here was everything became on a bigger level. There were still local showcases going on. But when I'm a little kid going to Wu-Tang shows when I'm like 12, 13 years old, I'm just I figure I don't know how the game works. I figure the people who are opening up for Wu-Tang, they must be the best rappers in the city. Right. 
Like that's my perception. Or they're like friends 13. with Wu Tang or something, or like they they know you know or something like that. You know? Yeah, like you you th- you don't yeah you don't realize people just buy on. So growing up, I I didn't even realize people were like rapping out here or were any good. You right. know what I mean? Because all I was seeing was the pay to play shit. And I know I'm not the only one because it's interesting that you say about like hip hop heads not coming out or this or that. It's funny though because the city's so big that there's a lot of people here, and I'll go to like. Uh, you remember the NBA leather tour from like a year or two ago yeah. where it was uh Boldy, Action Bronson, Earl Sweatshirt yep. and the Alchemist. Bro, they tour. played at the the Marquee over in Tempe, which I think I want to say it's like one it's like 2000 or something like that, like 2000 capacity. Yeah. But that bitch was definitely sold out and the fucking line was wrapping around the block with like all types of merch, everyone decked out mad young folks there you know earl got a real you know he got a younger following yeah, but yeah. still but it was crazy because that was actually the thing though because i was there like doing some networking handing out some cards doing that type of shit and I, it was it was a really interesting experience because how what i would always do i would go up to folks and um uh i would say to them like hey you know who you here to see tonight and it was interesting to me that um even the younger cats they weren't just there to see earl they'd be like oh boldy action this and that like they listen to all the shit like they're like some real hip-hop heads they weren't just like kids who watch loader squad or like you know that type of shit and um i'll be like yeah yeah word that's dope hey do y'all listen to any local hip-hop bro not a single person in the line uh like knew of any local hip-hop and they were like they weren't like arrogant about it like like no like they they seem like almost like slightly embarrassed kind of because they're like super hip-hop heads and they're like phoenix so they were almost like Nah, like, like, shit, like, who, who do we have out here, bro? Like, should I be? And I'd be like, hey, bro, you can start with me. Like, here's my info. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was like eye opening that I'm like, bro, like, obviously these are like the biggest cats in the underground, but it's still like, you know, it's that underground music, and you see all types of people wrapping around the block to go see this by the thousand. But you could never, you would never see something like that for a local show. Back in the day, I hear you, it, it was more like that. But that's the thing, people aren't tapped in because. Since everyone's so isolated, like I'm saying, it's not like people are all next to each other all the time. Yeah. Ideas aren't exchanging as freely. Word of mouth doesn't spread as quick. Um, so you ha- you kind of have a lack of like scene and community, even though you have tons of people making music and you have tons of people who like this type of music, but it's a total disconnect. And we don't have like radio stations don't fuck with us. We don't really have like OGs in like places of power. Like, that's what we, I say we're the fourth biggest city, but you compare us to all these other places and we lack all of that. Like, it, like we're like a yeah. similar, like when you compare, compare the Atlanta Metro to the Phoenix Metro, it's similar size, but they have such a rich history there that yeah. there's so many fucking DJs and radio I, people. I was just down there about two weeks ago and yeah, it's, it's, that's, it's beautiful for that shit. Yeah. And it's not all, it's not all trap. Like if you've been there, you know that like Griselda was based out of Atlanta for a long time. They got the controllerized shit going down over there, which is like, you know, lo-fi hip hop anime vibes and shit. Like that's what I'm saying. But here we, yeah, we just lack that. Like, so it's hard for it to build. And then I think artists, uh, basically it gives artists a lack of direction because you feel like people, it's easy to get to like, I see so many people because I've been, I used to host shows out here. Like before COVID, I would do monthlies and shit, put on all types of artists, not charging anyone. I would strictly do people that I fuck because that's my name on the show. I'm like, I want my show to have a reputation. You come to my shit, you know, you're going to see some dope shit tonight. Like that was how I approached it. But, um, bro, like so many of those people, I haven't even like 
heard from like since COVID type of shit. Like I haven't seen them post music, nothing. And it's like, you got to be an artist to be an artist, but at the same time, it's easy to get discouraged in a place like this where it kind of feels like you're just grinding away. You know what I mean? That people don't really end up putting together a big body of work um, that you need to succeed. Cause you can't just put out, like I put out Draco and it's, I think it's a great album. I think it's, I think it's the definitely, you know, one of the best projects to come out of Phoenix, if not the best project to come out of Phoenix. I think very highly of myself and my work, but it's dope. I, I didn't put that shit out last. Well. You know, I got I to gotta give the world. It's like when Griselda was talking about coming out of Buffalo. It's like we had to go extra hard. We had to put out like three, four projects a year. And that's what it's going to take out here. I really think unless there's just like some serendipitous thing, you meet someone, da, da, da. If there's going to be like some grassroots shit out here, someone has to put together that body of work. And no one has done that yet. You know what I mean? And me with Rarified Air and what we're doing, we're striving to be the first motherfuckers that actually do that because it's wide open out here. And as far as I see, like, we don't have no competition. We fuck with, like, people in the scene. So there's, like, oh, that's not competition. That's, like, camaraderie. You know what I mean? And as far as the people that, like, we're not really fucking with, like, bro, it's nah. Like... You know, and I'm not shitting on Phoenix, but being like, it's not close. I just know we got that shit. And I'm the only person in rare air who's from Phoenix. Everyone else are transplants. You know what I mean? I'm the only person that reps this and all of that. But we, you know, we know what it's going to take. It's going to take a lot of shit. And that's why we got everyone on the same page. People aren't putting out videos like, you know, the Draco by the bedside video, making their own covers like I made, like just basically doing everything in house when we don't have the money, when we don't have the resources, we're able to everything you see coming out of what we're doing it's one hundred percent in house. We don't, we don't hire out. We don't do nothing. That's like the that. way to do it because there's so many times independent artists hit me up for a cover, and I'm like, I give them what is a Wexer a very low price, and I'm just like, it, it just because I'm like, I might as well do it. it would, you know, a few bucks, never hear from them again. I'm like, it's like if you're not an artist, it's like they're not willing to commit even that small amount for their art because they're that unconfident in their ability to actually generate anything off of it or i it's it's i don't know so you got to do it all yourself and it's i mean to me i knew to me it's like bro people uh, to me it's delusional that people try to get into music like to make money right like, yeah, i feel the same way yeah you know what i mean like if you are like a hustler like what are you doing in the music game bro right like right. this is terrible bro learn how to sell stocks learn real yeah. estate like you have a million bro drive uber i got homies who drive uber who are killing it bro the walls, like, of, the, the walls of the music industry have been stripped of their copper for quite some time it's like yeah exactly not, like, like no bro they're not handing out no fat advances like none of this yeah. is going on streaming ain't shit unless you got like a huge following so you got to amass a huge following so basically it's like i knew i wasn't gonna like I'm not going to start turning a profit on rarefied air by the end of 2023, most likely, considering it's October right now, of course. Um, (laughs) So leading up to this, I was like, bro, what am I what am I doing spending all this money on like beats and studio time and this and that? Like, if I see any money back on this, it's going to be so far down the road. And it's like, bro, you got to sustain in life like along the way. Like you got it regular shit going on and at the end of the day it's like we live in a very accessible age in a very technological age people may not have time to do everything but i was lucky that i started learning a lot when i was like you know fairly young in the game you can do all this shit bro i didn't go to yeah. school for none of this shit i learned how to mix edit videos make album covers all of that off of youtube you know what i mean 
Like I, I just did a song not long, like maybe a year or two ago with Raz Cass and Young Dirty Bastard and Elza. I recorded it right here on mm-hmm. a microphone that I bought in around 2004 off of a computer that I bought from around 2008 using the second Pro Tools M-Box they ever made. There's, It's like, and it sounds, my producer just cleaned it up a little and it sounds great. It's like, no, like our phones have better recording equipment than the Beatles ever had. Like there's really no excuse to Facts. not be able to do it yourself. Facts. Bro, that whole Draco by the Bedside album, bro. I recorded that whole joint. I actually just upgraded my mic because some uh, one of one of the rare air homies actually gifted it to me. Shout out! But um, bro, I recorded the whole Draco by the Bedside album on a sixty dollars Chinese mic. You would never know, bro. Like to me, that no. shit sounds like it came out of a studio. Everyone I played it for, like I thought you know it sounds I mean? great. Yeah, it sounds great. yeah. Like music is subjective, but it's like if you're not being an asshole, like that shit sounds good. That shit does not like does. you know. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. So that's the thing, bro. That's why we do everything ourselves because it's like even you know, you know, you can you can spend a lot of money getting places in the game, but at the same time, even if that works out, you then got to recoup that money. It's like if you put. Yeah. You know, if over the past five years you've spent, you know, 10K on all this different shit, you know, that's why I like spending money on like travel because it's like, you know, you got to travel, like even just like as a person. So yeah. it's like you can, yeah. I, I don't look at that as like money spent. It's like I would be, I'd be wanting to go to these places anyway. This is like, this gives me excuse to travel. But if you're spending, you know, thousands of dollars over years, even once you even once you start getting to a place of attention, you're now like in the hole. You know what I mean? Best case scenario. So it's like, like I said, bro, there's not a lot of there's a very small percentage of people that it uh that it works out for. And basically, it's not even being pessimistic. It's just being like, that's the way you got to approach it in terms of you're not just going to start making money on this all of a sudden and you got to be able to do this sustainably. And if you're not, if you don't have some really plush job that you can just use to finance everything you want, then yeah, you're not going to be able to sustain. You can't just keep, you know, especially if you got kids, bro, like my homies who got kids, like, you know, you could, you would feel crazy like putting thousands of dollars into your fucking rap videos and like your kid wants like Christmas gifts. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about that, but I think about shit like that. Oh yeah, dude, I'm 44. I have no kids. I have two cats and it's like, yeah. So it's like, I can, I can kind of, you know, I may not have anybody to take care of me when I'm old, but I can kind of spend a little extra money now on my rap. Yeah, bro. You can fucking go buy whatever the fuck you want. Like that's your money. You fucking did it. But it's like, bro, I don't know, man. I can't, I just, yeah, I can't be sinking money into shit like that. But to right. me, it's like, I, I, it's, it's like it's, you saw, bro. Like people are going to see when they check out the video I dropped, bro. Like you will not believe the shit that yeah. we get done. Like I actually you know, very- from people who are really just musicians at core. I don't even really, I just learned to do the videos because I couldn't pay other people to do the videos. So I just learned, bro. Like this is my first time using After Effects. Like. Yeah, I, it's funny. I um I just finished my first music video that's dropping for my EP. I could be around, around this time for my song, um, These Trees Have Eyes. And so, like, I've been really into learning how to do more video. I went to film school, but it was like 30 years. Like, literally, we were cutting and pasting film. Like, we're, we're scotch taping um film together back then. I didn't learn anything. Bro, about it no, that's insane. Yeah, I remember the, hearing legends of those yeah, days. I'm that like, was, no. That's what I did. Um, so, like... um. So I'm now learning how. So I know how to edit the the psyche, the you know how how you edit, but I, I'm learning how to do it digitally. And it's like what you achieved in this video is so dope. Like, um, talk about. So is this what was the name of the song? Is it actually Draco? Um, by the bedside, is it the, is the track name as well? Yeah, yeah, that's the track name. So that's how the album came together. So I explained how. Um... <laughs> Good boy. Um, 
but I explained how the album came together, like cre creatively, conceptually. But uh, yeah, the title just came from just the lyric I wrote to uh, one of the tracks, which ended up being like the first track. And so I just I called the track Draco by the Bedside because I thought that sounded hard. And then I was like, I can just be the whole album. It just like sets the tone right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the opening, yeah, the opening lyric is uh, spit the shit to make a dove cry. Make a call and run the plug dry. Crack the jar and let the nug dry. They say the money like a drug. I ain't a tough guy. That's the reason why I tuck a Draco by the bedside. Yeah. So, like, it's not even... So, like, when you listen to it, it's like, it's like a hard album. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm not claiming to be the most, like, gangstest motherfucker type of shit. Right, so it's like, that's right. why you have a Draco. I'm not fucking Jason Statham. You run up on me, I'm fucking... I'm keeping a 30 clip for that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I like um, the line you had about how you stopped. I forget the exact wording, but how you stop COVID stopped you to like on spending on clothes and shit. I kind of can relate to that a little bit as well. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of wrote the, I wrote the whole album in like 10 days or something like that, which is pretty fast work for me. I usually don't necessarily work that quickly. But um, uh, yeah, no, it was around that time. Like, you know, things things have been slow getting everything together. We're streamlining the production. But yeah, a lot of that shit's, you know, that's that's like older than me. But yeah, man, that's that's what it is. I had enough shit. I was like, I'm not I'm not going out right now. This don't this don't make no sense. So it's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of there like I love the I love the culture, but at the same time, there's like you know, subtle little critiques like here and there. Cause you know, this is I can do that. Cause like I said, I've been in this, you know, my whole life. So, so talk about that video a little bit because that, um, by the time this is out, it'll already been released. The editing on it, yeah, definitely. is really dope. It's smooth. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm talking about it like people who have already seen it, but, um, just the way that it's cut and the way it's all like, you know, I, I know some of the tricks. I was looking at that going, I don't know how I would do that. <laughs> like, so did you, was that you that edited that or did you have someone else do it? No, I did all the editing. Yeah. Yeah, I did 100% of the editing on the video, just uh, basically just looking up um, like effects I see in other music videos and then just like look uh, looking up tutorials on like how to do them and then just like following it. You know, I mean, I got a pretty sturdy computer, so it's up to the task most of the time. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a learning process. Everything I do is always like a learning process, more or less. What I've learned now to use is I use chat GPT for a lot of that stuff where I just ask it like in, in clear language, how do I do this? And the responses it gives me, like it's really cut down my learning time on stuff like Premiere Pro. It's it's it cuts oh, the heart yeah. of it and they're on a bunch of ads and I'm to, I don't have to watch a bunch of videos. Yeah, no, I definitely watch a lot of videos. Once you find one person, once you find someone with like yeah. a good YouTube channel, then you can usually you can usually get some good info and shit. Yeah, it's like you find the person some, with like the the camera quality is right and you can actually understand what they're saying and you're like all right cool it's like oh man it's just so beautiful like when i was a kid all we had was the freaking dewey decimal system like it's amazing now like what we have in terms of knowledge and how quickly we can learn things and still yeah, how much no, so many people choose not to it's it's pretty wild yeah no i definitely put that to work that's why i'm grateful that i like knew that i wanted to do this music shit early on so i was able to start putting in a lot of work on stuff that um you know, would be a lot if I was trying to learn it right now, like this late in yeah. the game. You know what I mean? So but, in terms of getting on stage, you know, what was your path to getting on stage? Because that is a tricky thing. It's like when, you, when you're just starting out in a bedroom, you don't even know what those steps are. So what was it like for you? Um, You know what? Hold on one sec. Let me move. The, the, you can see the sun setting on us right now. So why don't, why don't I get a slight better lighting real quick? Let me move inside. Cool. Hold up. We'll edit this. That's cool. I got it. 
<laughs> Where's my uh, notes? All right, cool. Here's a good backdrop. Boom, boom. Ah, yes. Yeah, Phoenix sunsets are a motherfucker, bro. They're like 15 minutes. It goes from like bright as fuck to, to literally like dead out in like a very short period of time. I haven't been out there in years. I used to go out to Scottsdale a bunch on business and it would be out there in the summer for like conferences. And I'd see these motherfuckers in wool suits and they're just, I swear they're yeah. pretending that they're, I'm like, my skin is literally like burning off of me. But um, shit. Well, you were asking about um. Let me retrain my thought real quick. Oh, how you for how you first got um, what your path was. Oh, how I got yeah. Okay. Yeah. How you figured out yeah, that conundrum? Um, yeah, it was um. Yeah, I, I'm still yeah. I mean, let me think, because honestly, I don't even do that many shows these days. Because like I said, the scene hasn't been that active, so I've been kind of taking a back seat. Honestly, I just did. Basically, I can kind of sum up my resume. I started doing open mics out here that I could find. Um, and basically, one of the open mics was pretty consistent. And I ended up getting cool with the owners there. It was a bar. I started doing it like I was around like 1920, though. So they were like, the guy who was doing it was real cool. And was, um, yeah, he was down to let me in and all of that. And then I went, after a while, I started uh, hosting a monthly there, like I've mentioned before, like booking my own artists as people who I thought were dope because I didn't really I got honestly I got tired of getting on they weren't exactly open mics but like little local joints and there was like no cohesion most people were I thought most of those people were pretty whack and I was like I can't I can't tell my people to come out and like you know right. watch me for 15 minutes a month among a bunch of bullshit so that's how I had the original idea of starting to put together my own shows with like people I actually fucked with from the scene. Cause I was like, I bet there are other people that probably feel similar. Um, and we, we had a real good, uh, motion with that. Like we were having shows where we would have like, you know, a hundred people in the bar type of shit turning up, which is like I said, that's like kind of a lot by Arizona yeah. standards, by Phoenix standards for like some local shit. And then yeah, COVID just killed it. And then things just never really rebounded from there. But, um, through doing through basically just doing what I was doing and even just some of the open mics, this and that, um, I did end up getting a few opening slots for like R.A. the Rugged Man terminology. Sweet. I opened for R.A. too. <laughs> there you go, bro. Yeah, I think I opened for R.A. twice. R.A. and yeah, R.A. and Afro once and then R.A. another time on his own, I believe. Nice. Um, R.A. is amazing. Yeah, just we absolutely. have a great. When we are talking uh, hip hop in Phoenix, I would be remiss to not give a shout out to my good people over at uh, Trill who are fucking incredible because uh, it was actually Chuck who basically put me on those shows through a mutual friend, the same mutual friend that uh, introduced me in Salute, basically. And uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with Trill, y'all need to check that shit out because we have a hip hop shop out here. That's the only thing that can be described. It's a hip hop shop. They sell records sneakers spray paint streetwear like hip-hop collectibles you need a sean price action figure like right. any shit like that they have everything and the 
floor space is huge like because it's phoenix you know what i mean it's not new york where it's like right. everything's all cranked it's just huge for, for like floor space. for young people getting in the scene like just for just fyi like those are the places that if you go and hang out and don't steal shit and meet the people there that is your door into that scene because it's like those yeah. people they deal with you know if you own like a hip-hop store that means that you're dealing with places like rhyme sayers it's like you have relationships they have business relations these people we've talked about degrees of separation this is like where your culture exists and where you should be supporting, like where you should be buying your records, not from Amazon. And, and I'm, I'm trying to lecture people. Yeah. Here. This is your door in. And like by going no, there and showing them support and like doing them, you get to know these people and then they show it's like, that's how love is shown in hip hop. So like, that's where if you're young and you're looking for a way and that's where you'll find your people. And like, that's where they'll teach you what the scene is like there. So 100% bro. And it's not, it's underutilized, bro. Like they're doing very well over there. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, they're always getting new shit and expanding. Like they have all sorts of, you know, big artists come through. It's incredible. But at the same time, when I was like, you know, chopping it up with people in like the line at the concerts, like Wu-Tang and uh, NBA leather and all that sort of stuff, when I would say, oh, you don't know local artists, whatever. Have you, have you ever been to Trill? Have you heard of Trill? And they hadn't heard of that shit. And I would describe it to them. And they were like, what? Like, they couldn't believe their ears. Like, this is in Phoenix? Where, bro? I'm like, bro, fucking 20th Street and Indian School, bro. Like, right over there. It's like in the middle of the city. It's not like, you know, it's like fucking, yeah, bro. It's it's, it's right in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? That's so but people don't know about it. But at the same time, one of my, like, my favorite moments, like, some of my favorite, like, things I've witnessed over at Trill is, like, for example, I saw a kid in there who's probably like 13 or some shit like with his parents. And he was like spending his uh, Christmas money on getting like a, a Merce uh, box set of like a oh, bunch of Merce like tapes and like this and that, like, you know, more like kids need to be in there and like fucking with it and shit. Like I said, when I go to those lines, I don't see it, but I see stuff like that sometimes. And that's, that's beautiful. But that's what I'm saying. I can't, I, I can't comment on, uh, I can't just, you know, point out the, Things we're lacking in the scene, I got to show, you know, because that's just focusing on negativity. Because uh, right. what we have in Trill, they don't have that in L.A. or like Atlanta or nowhere like that. You know what I mean? So, you know, may, yeah. So like anytime someone comes through here, like they're always doing shit at Trill. You know what yeah. I mean? Whoever, whoever like, it is, like legends if, hanging up there. If there isn't one of those places in your city, it's like then that is maybe what your destiny is to create because it's like that with there is sort of a build it and it will come. Obviously, it takes a lot of money to launch a business and all that stuff, but but um, I got to scale the fuck up. Boston did that shit. And they really brought a lot of artists to Boston. It's like we got to meet people like Immortal Technique. And it's like, it's like those places that, you know, if you if you can get into the community, they really can do well and they they bring a lot of culture in. It's it's there needs to be a pipeline geographically where you are to the rest of the hip hop scene if you want to make any sort of really way in and you want I wouldn't to even say geographically. I would just switch it to say you need a pipeline to the so you know the canon as i call it of hip-hop you know like in like tv shows and comic books there's the canon like the shit yeah. that there's a little spin-off yeah. shit but yeah. it doesn't really matter that's kind of what it is in hip-hop it's like the world is small you gotta be somewhat too, connected so. to them what you say the world is small once you get into it because it's like yeah most no, that's what i'm saying you gotta be part of that world you gotta be yeah. part of that world and that's why i always knew i had like a shot and a leg up because i was always like I was always able to kind of get past that a little bit. Like, I don't know. Like, I've been friends with, like, you know, Billy Woods since I was, like, 18 or something like that. 
one like there's no reason that like okay i just like just through his music like yeah. just you know like there's no reason kids in phoenix like should be like hanging out with billy woods in new york and shit like that yeah. or like getting their music played on shade 45 or that type of shit and that's what like meant something to me because it wasn't because i listened to so much underground music to me the stamps like the stamp of approval was never about like yeah. you know numerical milestones it was always about like who's rocking with you you know what i mean because i listened to a lot of cats that they might have not been super popping or super popular but they would still have respect from a lot of people you know what i mean yeah. um but yeah, I think I so yeah, I kind of just playing off of what you said. I think you need uh you need a connection to the, you know, you need a pipeline to the rest of the culture. It don't even got to be geographical. It's just got to be you got you know, people have to be connected, you know what I mean? Cuz if you say Phoenix, trust me, I've been around, bro. People don't Bootleg Cat is going to be the only cat you can really name who like um is going to like ring any type of bells and that's a podcaster. That's one podcaster. Yeah. There's no artist. There's no like. I know you. You a real hip hop head, bro. Like, you know anything coming out of Phoenix? No, I don't. <laughs> I you know was what trying I'm to think about it earlier today, and I couldn't think of anything. You know? Exactly, bro. And you, bro, you had a so you had a cat from Juneau, Alaska, on here before you had a cat from Phoenix. No, yeah. Well, then again, I was waiting for your cassette to arrive. So like, no, no, but part of it. <laughs> I get you. I'm, I'm, I'm making a cheap point. You know, what I, I know, mean? I know. I'm just, just like, yeah, <laughs> Phoenix is a yeah, no, and that that's no dig at Juno, Alaska. That's saying yeah. big ups. Y'all are doing, you know what I mean? Y'all, y'all are way, y'all are way smaller, and y'all are still making it happen. So I'm like, how are we, you know, bigger than Philadelphia? You know shit whatever we know any other cities you can live san francisco oakland all these types of places that's you know there's that really, though, i guess i mean because it's it's, like, i mean all those places that i mentioned they're really culturally rich you know right. what i mean all like predating hip-hop right you know what i mean oakland like they had the black panthers san right. francisco they had all types of other shit they had arizona you know the, is not the, known the for their culture yeah. i think if i picture art from arizona i sort of picture like a turquoise something it's like you don't like yeah Native no American shade, shit. but it's like you don't like you don't it's not like there isn't a yeah it's native american and it's like that doesn't tie really in much with yeah there's no modern yeah it's not really yeah there's there's no sort of like uh contemporary culture i should say that's all like uh you know like traditional in a very grand sense not like hip-hop like not hip-hop american traditional yes like (laughs) ethnic traditions like this is our people like yeah that's a lot that that you know that that's a whole different thing yeah, but it's funny because there's actually there's um other music like Alice Cooper's from Phoenix. Uh, Chad, uh, what was the Chester Bennington, the guy from Lincoln Alice Park? Cooper. Rest in yeah, yeah, rest in peace to uh, uh, Chester Bennington from Lincoln Park. He was from here. Um, it seems like Phoenix like is where the, a lot of people like to get arrested. I think didn't um yeah Charles Barkley had his famous arrest out there when he yeah was, Wayne like, when Wayne got knocked way back with the tour bus that was in wait that where was it that was in surprise or some shit yeah that was right outside of Phoenix Mike Tyson he was locked up out here he in Maricopa I think Tyson got bagged out in, in, in Phoenix D- DMX is that is so what is the um not to get too much in the politics of it what is like the police situation like out there because I'm always curious in different cities like because the police and the hip-hop scene unfortunately you know, get run into each other a lot in a lot of scenes. Um, I, I was almost thinking about how everybody gets D, Arizona DUI seems to be a very big deal out there. Yeah, no, we're the strictest DUI state. Like it's yeah. not even close. We had fucking Joe Arpaio for a long ass time. Yes, and yeah. 
He's not worth giving everyone a whole history lesson about. You can no, easily I, I know, Google I know him. What and you're talking tons. about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and he got the pardon, and then yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that was in response to like yeah, way back in the day. Um, basically, there was like virtually no DUI laws, and there was a lot of bullshit going on back in like the seventies and shit. Right. So they ended up enacting very, very strict laws. But I mean. Thankfully, like with no public transportation, like, had... stuff like that impacts the scene. I mean, not that I'm saying people should be driving drunk, but if people are scared, no, honestly, no, that's two, a huge point. It alludes to what I'm impact. saying. When you go to these other cities, you can go to New York, you can go out, get fucking wasted, hop on the subway, and find your way home, or don't find your way home. But you know, you can do that. Even when I went, when I was down in like Athens, uh, Georgia. You know yeah. what I mean? Small city, but still very culturally rich, right there, and. I, w- I went out, we did a little show, and I was staying with someone in the city, and I was like, all right, how are we getting back to your crib? They're just like, oh, we're walking. I'm like, bro, this is like a whole different vibe. Like, everyone, yeah. like, walked home afterwards. Everyone was, like, drinking, all of that. And I'm like, damn, this is just, like, it's just another reason to stay home in Phoenix. You know what I mean? Because you, yeah. can't, you can't really go out and, like, it, it, they make it difficult to party responsibly. Like, they don't make it, but just the city is not... um set up to party responsibly it's not like i say it's just a very anti-social climate but people don't even realize it like if you're from here because i'll know people that like grew up here and they've never really been around or they've just been to cali and cali is set up somewhat similarly to az similar feel yeah yeah exactly so i have to tell people i'm like bro go to the east coast go to new york go to even like florida where you know check out a tree or a snowflake you know yeah, like if you go to these places, yeah, you see that um yeah, it's just set up a lot different. And that's part of what made me start to realize when I started traveling more as an adult. Cause I traveled a lot as a child, but traveling as an adult where you're actually like maneuvering the cities and stuff and seeing how shit works, I started noticing how different shit is. And I was already throwing shows and shit at this point. So I was always like thinking how to make it bigger, this and that. And I'll be trying to observe what's going on in these other cities. And I was noticing a lot of like non-parallels, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Where I'm yes. just like, oh, I wish we could do this. This wouldn't really work for X, Y, and Z reasons. It so, also opens your, when you travel a lot around the country and the world, it opens your mind as to when you think of the really big superstars in music, like even like the Taylor Swifts or like, you know, like the little Waynes or stuff like that, that you think about like, what it takes to actually appeal to that many different people because people even in new hampshire are way different than people in massachusetts so like that's it's like to try to be that it's like you have to if you really want to be that you really have to find a way to break down through all of that stuff if that is your goal and that's a really tough thing to do and it's why i think it's it's certain people that's just that's like, I don't think you can even it. set that as a goal. Right. Like, you're kind of you born to be fucking, that, you know. It's nah, like, you can't. Bro, if you want to be Taylor Swift, good fucking luck, bro. For better for luck, like, there's only one Kanye West, you know, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for better or worse. But, well, like, I mean, so, it's, it's so much mind, different culturally. from just It's, it's just like, a minute. I guess it's mind-blowing to me how um big Griselda's gotten. Because I know I, know, I followed you it? from way back in the day. So I'm sure you were, you've probably been listening to them even yeah. longer than me. They're like a mix of Wu-Tang listening. and the locks. It's like, it's it's crazy that they've kind of just, that I, I'm, yeah, like, I'm no, glad I to know. It, were... makes, it makes me feel good to know there's enough people out there to support them that are into that. That's that's hard. Bro, it's not, it's mind-blowing to me. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been a huge fan of theirs since, I can't say day one, but since like, since uh, like 2015, like whenever like around Fly God came out or like slightly before that. But I mean, I remember when Wes and all of them had like 10,000 Instagram followers and shit. 
and we're like sending out their merch like personally like yeah. their handwriting like on the packages and shit and that music wasn't like because i was making not super violent music like that but very like sonically similar type of music rapping on very similar type of beats yeah. and i would always hear from people like even like even like older heads or young whoever they would just be like oh man like you know they see me perform and be like your shit's really tight but like bro you got to switch it up and have hooks and this and that because like no one listens to that type of shit anymore and i kind of like to me i just didn't care like i just kind of right. accepted it for what it was but I was like, damn, I think these guys are incredible, but I wonder, I just didn't see them having that level of like mass market appeal. And I remember like, right. I remember seeing them on Fallon when I knew they were going to go on there. And like my girl had been like, you know, hearing me play their music in the car and shit for like years. She's like, bro, these fucking guys are on Jimmy Fallon. I'm like, bro, I know this shit is ridiculous. Like, but it's crazy because my man, Billy Woods, he basically called it. I remember talking to him back in the day. And he was like, because he's a big, like, he's a rap aficionado himself. He's very up on everything going on. And um, I remember talking to them back, like, right when they inked the Shady deal. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, how big do you think these guys can get? Like, Conway, this and that. And he was like, I could see Conway reaching, like, a Freddie Gibbs, like, type of level. And Freddie Gibbs was, like, way bigger right. than Conway at this point now. Not even. So that's right. what's incredible. I was like, wow, you called that, bro. But right. Billy Wood, same type of shit. He's not necessarily, like, a superstar, like, those type of cats, nor would this, would he ever aspire to be. Um, but the fact that, like I said, bro, like, I reached out to him originally because I felt like he was so underappreciated that I was, like, I reached out to him on some fan type of shit. And I think he replied to me saying, like, yo, this is my first piece of fan mail or some shit like that um this was like 10 nice almost deal. 10 years it was like almost 10 years ago and i remember asking him for like you know some career advice or something at that point like yo what's uh funny general like jewels for what i because obviously he wasn't super successful but he was still right. doing a lot yeah. fucking better than i was he was, a so I was like yeah. you any yeah. gems and he was like bro you shouldn't be asking me like i'm like you know barely getting by type of shit and then over the coming years to see him be in you know rolling stone magazine playing pitchfork fucking making albums with like the alchemist and shit now now it's like you know nothing would surprise yeah. me but yeah. yeah it's it's incredible like as i said like if you want to be as big, big as you know taylor swift good luck and obviously the people i mentioned that's my thing nobody really thinks sorry you know whoever's watching i don't think i don't think i'm going to upset our target demographic here taylor swift is not like supremely talented like no, by almost no. anyone's like definition the people i'm mentioning are supremely right. talented well it's even like when they but give you that the, advice the point is it's, it's luck and connections and experience to get to that type of level but it's crazy because i've actually seen people who i thought were extremely talented but i didn't know how big they would get honestly i saw anderson i remember when anderson pack was signed to stone's throw like before he linked with Dre and all of that. Like, same type of shit. Like, I've seen it happen so many times from people that are, like, so low. But I'm like, holy fuck. Cali Uchis. Cali Uchis was another one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who has blown up to, like, be a huge, huge star. And I remember when founding her on, like, SoundCloud and shit. Um, so it just goes to show that it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't really aspire to that type of superstar level. Like, real, real superstar. Taylor Swift, Kendrick Lamar, that type of shit. But... Not obviously Kendrick's talented too. Not saying he's Taylor Swift. Right, yeah. But um, that that takes so many like very very far basically off of raw talent and just like output. You know, because you got to put it out. Because I also see I've I've also seen very talented people just you know 
they'll have amazing songs and beats sitting on their hard drive. They'll have, you know, it unfinished hard drive. Talent. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to put it out. Those are the two most important things. Honestly, output, output is more important than talent. You could just be putting shit out and you might get good along the way. Like if right. you're super talented, but you're never sharing it, then it's never going to go anywhere. It's the definition of like a tree that falls in the woods. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I've fallen into that for a while, but I'm coming out with a lot of shit right now. You know what I mean? Anyone who can check the YouTube, they'll see that, like, you know, we've been coming steady coming with the videos, you know, leading up to leading up to Draco and then even after Draco, you know what I mean? We're always posting content on there. So, I mean, yeah, that's what it's going to take. I feel like we got the talent. I really believe in all the folks that I'm rolling with my boy, Salute, my boy, Arnold, my boy, Dr. LaFleur, like, these are people I've always really believed in. My boy, LaFleur, I've been making with him music with him through SoundCloud since I got on SoundCloud like 10 years ago. That's like why I was saying I've been lucky that I think LaFleur is one of the greatest producers I've ever heard. And this dude was giving me beats when I was recording bullshit, like when I was like 15, like sending him the first joints I ever recorded that are like, I would never show anyone today type of shit. Yeah. I was like, yo, I made this. What, what do you, can we work together? And he was like, yeah, sure. Just let me know what beat you want. I'll send you whatever. And we've just been like working together ever since. Didn't meet till years later. And now we're like, you know, best of friends and he's coming out to phoenix now he's based out in florida but when yeah he he he, he just pulled up here right now in october so we're like hitting a whole nother gear right now and my boy arnim just got involved who i just met earlier this year through shrill but he's super about it he's super multi-talented makes some killer beats you're gonna hear us on a lot of his production but yeah man output and consist i mean my bad not output and consistency talent and consistency uh yeah like that's the most important thing Definitely. so my thing, just uh, one last thing on that, is just like, I want to, at the end of the day, I want to, I, I want to have, not that I want to be salty, but I want to have a justification of being salty. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be able to look at my resume and be like, look what the fuck I did, bro. Like, how did yeah. they not recognize, bro? Like, how am I not X, Y, and Z? You can't do that if, you know, you you've put out three albums in the last five years. Like, right, that's right. just never going to get it done. It's so, funny, too. You made the comment, too, about the people that are like, make that, you know, got to add a hook, got to do stuff like that. Those are people. Oh, I don't hear that no more. Right. Usually the advice that, like, people, when they're given that, that's because they're used to hearing, like, the Taylor Swifts and stuff. And that's what they think. It's like, no, you're going for a music of people that are going to emotionally connect with you. So, like, you know, take advice when someone goes, hey, you're, you're friggin', you're, you're, you know, reverb is too high. But like when it comes down to like something that's a reflection of your soul, be very careful who you take the advice from. Cause Yeah, no, because that's the thing. It would even be people who are like, yo, bro, you know, I love Wu-Tang. I love all that shit. But like, you know, that was back then, bro. No one wants to hear that no more. I really believe in your talent. So I just want to like see you succeed. And I was just like, bro, I, you care. I think you care more about me like succeeding. I, I think you care about it more than I do. Like I Success just want to make doesn't mean the same like. thing. The same, and it's like the it's yeah. like the Wu Tang symbol is now with the Rolling Stones tongue when we were younger. That's yeah, how much but it, it but is it's, around. It's the biggest thing. It's like the same people don't care about Wu Tang anymore is fucking insane. But the way that people like Griselda have proliferated the culture and everything, yeah. I never hear comments like that anymore because everyone just accepts that this is it's a important. you know yeah. viable lane and type of music. And now like there's. Hella Kendrick songs don't have hooks and shit Even like that. Matt Kendrick Villainy. has albums piece. I, like, but no, that was my thing. Yeah, Matt Villainy's yeah. huge now. But back in and back in the day when I was listening to Doom, when he wasn't quite as big, he was still he's my fucking he was my favorite rapper. And I love yeah. that he would just rap with no hook because like rap hooks can be hit or miss a lot of the time from people right. who like really can spit. So I was like, bro, like you don't gotta repeat the shit. Just like just rap for like 
the song can be a minute and a half. Like, you know what I mean? Just take those filler parts out, shorter to the point, even if it has a five-minute Spider-Man intro or whatever. But yeah. that was my thing. I wanted to rap like MF Doom or like I appreciated that type of song structure. I just wanted to like go off just basically even like, bro, my favorite shit, like growing up on a, on a whole different like side of the game. But similarly, artistically, I was like an ad, just like everyone growing my age growing up, avid Lil Wayne fan in like his fucking uh, like Carter 2 and like Carter 2 is clearly better than Carter 3. I always have to put that out there. But the like mixtapes, like the drought and dedication and shit like that. He's just rapping. And that was my yeah. favorite shit. Just the punchlines, like all that type of shit. So that's what I wanted to do. But it's been crazy to see this shit come full circle where it's like other people have just like gone and completely legitimized what a lot of people like me do. And it can be a little oversaturated now. You know what I mean? But, you know, you can't be Goldilocks. You know what I mean? Everyone was always complaining no one's making music like this. Now we're all like, oh, now too many people are making music like right. this. You know, it is what it is. It's never going to be the absolute perfect balance. But you just got to do it the best you can. Like, not everyone's, you know, just because just because it's a viable lane doesn't mean it's for everyone or that the music shit's for everyone. But you just got to do it. Work, you know, just do what you do. That's all like we care about. And I just know I have an audience for it now because I go to NBA Leather and I see that line around the block of people you know, my age, younger, older, and um, right here in my neighborhood. And they don't even know about fucking, fuck not knowing about me. They don't know about Trill, no local artists, no nothing. So I'm like, bro, there's so much potential to grow right here. And it's right in our backyard. That's where, too, when you realize something like that, I'm talking about you in general, but somebody who hear, who's hearing this, should who wants to get somewhere, should be realizing, oh, if I go to the people at Trill and offer my help to get the word out, that might make them happy and like me more. So there's someone out there who yeah. could go to these nice people at Trill, who I don't even know who the hell they are, and go, hey, yeah, no, they're nice I made as these fuck, flyers and I pass them out for you guys. Like, And then, you know, that's a way in a door. Like, And it's, you're helping the community and helping yourself. So. No, absolutely, bro. Absolutely. No, and they're like hella chill over there. It's like anyone can like, you know, go in and work with them. They open every day, welcome everyone with open arms. So too, that yeah, people just need to know talk. about it. What and there's a lack of coverage. I was just going to say that when I talk about radio stations, this yeah, and that, that you know, there's no outlets. There's no coverage, really. Like me and my boy Salute, we just started hosting interviews at Trill because, bro, this is my first since I put out Draco by the bedside. This is the first interview I've done for it. And when we put it out, we were like looking at like, yo, who has some podcasts in the scene? Who's got like little, yeah. you know, radio spot, whatever. There was like nobody, bro. And like there's a few people out, but like, you know what I mean? No one we were connected to. No, nothing like that. So we started hosting our own interviews with like cats there because I knew that when I heard other dope music, I was like, yo, you probably got nowhere to go talk about this. And, you know, we can at least have a convo or whatever. It's like, funny you say that. And I've been thinking about this. This came up a lot in a, in a different episode of XL the Beast about how how much Boston hip hop was hurt by not having radio. And um, I keep thinking about how that's still a problem to this day and how there's got to be with all the technology we have. There has to be some way on the cheap to essentially make a radio station that could be kept going like 24 Bro, you can hours. Do it on YouTube for like, yeah, you could do it on YouTube for like zero money. I've thought about starting one for uh, Rarified Air. Because like between me and my constituents, like we have hours worth of music. You know what I mean? A lot but of it's even, even just... like instrumental. Like you, I think about just making a YouTube stream recycling. I mean, that's just for me. You could do it with, you know, any type. There's a lot of online, you know, radio shows. You know, a lot of people are 
a lot of people are doing it, but it's not, no one's doing really like a localized version. Right. No like they've really been like, some that have come and gone, but it's also you know, segmented, yeah. I guess, you know, it is really, if you, if you're motivated to find music these days, it's not that hard to find it, you know, but the, one of the things I think that's a problem with the local hip hop scenes and um, we got to close out in a minute too, because it's getting late out here, but this was something I, I yeah, thought. Uh, thanks for staying up, bro. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, that when you say if this is very true for at least me and my experience in the England hip hop scene, when someone goes, Oh, there's a hip hop show down the street, that's not usually enough information for me to know if I want to go. Cause in my head, I'm like, I can think of 30 different types of hip hop. And if it's like, if it's, if it's the flip side and you're like, Oh, it's a punk show down the street, hearing the word punk gives me essentially enough to make a decent decision because I kind of know what I'm getting myself, what, what I'm going to. I think that's true of even like, like a, um, or typical like rock bar at a band. It's like, with hip hop, you don't know what type of hip hop is going to be, and I think that that discourages, I think, new people to just go to different shows because it's like there are some people who are looking for something that sounds like Ja Rule, and there's some people that are looking for something that sounds like MF Doom, and I think it's hard to always know who those people are. And hip hop is particular in that way. Do you think that's true on where you where you are, bro? Uh, this is this is a good this is a good place to. To round it to round it off around. So I was actually, you know, I've been thinking about this shit recently, like with my boy Salute. It kind of grew, kind of plays exactly off of what I was saying about the oversaturation. So I was talking about the, I was talking about the, you know, underground hip hop, we'll call it type of lane, like sonically. I'm not gonna be Goldilocks with that, you know, like I said, but hip hop overall, it is completely oversaturated right now. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, it's the biggest genre in the world. And it costs nothing to be a rapper either. You don't, it's like if you yeah, want to be no, in a band, exactly, you exactly. have to buy it, lowest, it has the lowest cost of entry. It has the lowest cost of entry. I'm so grateful all the time that, you know, I don't have to deal with, you know, recording instruments. When I go on tour, I don't got to bring gear with oh, me. God. Like, what a you nightmare. Know. You're like, yeah, like no, screwing exactly. drum like, sets together. <laughs> bro, I've had friends that have done that shit, and I'm just like, bro, I, I, have such, the ashtray. <laughs> I have such a luxury, bro. Like, it's insane. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, the entry is so low, but the thing is, I mean, honestly, that's good. You can't be, that's that's the other thing. You can't be Goldilocks, because it's like, it, it, it shouldn't really have a level of entry. Right. You shouldn't necessarily, you shouldn't have to buy your way in monetarily. In theory, in a perfect world, and how I thought of it coming up as like, especially like a little white kid in hip hop, literally little kid, you know what I mean? I felt like I had to like super like pay my dues and I had to know like everything about everything because I always expected like really, some yeah. super OG hip hop had to like jump out around the corner when I was wearing like a biggie shirt. Like, oh, you don't know, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, <laughs> nothing that would ever actually most happen. Often, but... I've actually found the opposite. I remember when I was a kid, I'd feel the same way. But when I am wearing, when I would find myself like 14 years old, little chubby white kid wearing that biggie shirt and some random dude went by me, it was always love they showed me. It wasn't that whole like, what are you doing wearing it? And so it's like part of that i think is just in our own heads we're like should we be wearing this you know oh no uh, yeah well i'm actually i'm gonna I'm reframe it because i'm glad you i'm glad you said it like that it wasn't even a level of like self-consciousness it was literally it was like uh for like me personally like like an ego level it was the fact that and i wasn't even 14 by the time i was 14 bro you wouldn't be able to tell me shit because i knew more about hip-hop than like damn near anyone you would like run into 14 i was fucking impeccable but yeah. i'm talking when i was like eight like 10 like you know what i mean yeah. when obviously who the fuck is gonna what kind of what kind of what kind of grown man's gonna hassle a fucking 10 year old on his shirt That's i'm true. 10 this is in my head yeah. i'm just thinking i need to do that because like I, i'm like a poser otherwise like for anything it would be like you don't want to it doesn't have to be music like, you know video games basketball this or that like you want to 
I don't know. I feel like you want to have like your place in it, like have your seat at the table and be like justified. You know what I mean? But shit, I'm getting off topic just a tiny bit. But that's that's my point. The cost of energy, that's not necessarily a problem. That's overall a good thing. That's why I'm able to do all this shit I can. I would have never a video like I just made for Draco by the bedside. That wouldn't have been possible to do like 10, 15 years ago, like in my same type of situation. That would fucking cost tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, it's but, like, even um, though it's no cost of entry, it's like stand-up comedy. You still got to make them laugh. And it, with rap, you still got to, you still got to get them to hit replay. It's yeah, like, so, so, it's, so shit. You know? So not, yeah. So not to ramble, but your point with the, with the show, see, this is why, this is why I'm better with YouTube and shit. I can't do the social media, 120 characters, that shit. But it's like you said, the, the game is so oversaturated at this point that there's so much going on that it's like, there shouldn't even really like there shouldn't be a like so when someone does a punk show, you know what the fuck you're expecting. And that's also like kind of a tight knit subculture. Now that this is the biggest thing in the world, everyone is doing it and they're doing it a million different ways that you don't, you know, right. You don't know what you're getting into. Like it shouldn't be, it's more like like, yeah, it's like saying I'm going to a rock show. But you don't know if it's like blues or indie rock or metal yeah. or like people would distinguish. Like for me, you should like hip hop has definitely surpassed the point where it needs to be distinguished the same way rock is. Right. I don't even feel like that's a fucking profound take. I feel like everyone should kind of There's know as that. There's many like, different types of hip hop as there are different types of movies, sort of. And it's like I think it's it's yeah. It's like, because hip-hop can be so many different things. It's yeah, so that's the thing. That's So like I said, that's why when I started trying to do shit in the local scene, I decided I just wanted to have something that was a specific flavor for a specific type of person. Not have it be too, like, you don't want everything sounding the same. I would always have four MCs, four beat makers. Like, at least, you know, there would be that difference off top. But I would try to have my shit a little bit varied. But it's like I'm saying, yeah, with the local... The local shit, yeah, it can it can fall into that, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, things are just everything's kind of everything's kind of blending together. And yeah, when you're trying to put shit to that's cool when things are on a very established level, but when it's you're just starting out, you need to be able to, you know, set yourself apart and people know what they're getting into and yeah. shit. Especially when it's a bunch of people on the flyers just trying to look cool. You're just like No, I mean that's bullshit. Yeah, you can't have people. That's what fucks up scenes, bro. Like I've had I've had public disagreements with like the people who run those type of like the guy who runs like most of the shit out here on that type of tip. I've had public disagreements with him. We're personally on cool terms. Like we have a personal respect, but he knows how I feel. You can look up we I we have another podcast way back in the day, me and him talking about it a little bit. But um, because the reason I'm against is I really feel like that fucks up the scene. Because I remember being in you know high school, going to shows, and really thinking the people that bought onto these shows, I didn't think they bought on. I thought it was really like we were just scraping the barrel in Phoenix to like get anyone like on the stage. Little did I know, people like you know, like I said, not long before that, people were getting signed and you know all types of shit like that. So I think that fucks up the scene because that's me being literally like someone who wants to be a rapper, like even as a kid already recording music. If you're just like a casual fan in the scene or even someone who's just like looking for shit to do like even just like socially like right. you don't even have to be a huge music fan you can still come to the show and buy tickets and buy some drinks have a good time and that helps the scene um yeah i think it fucks it up when it just becomes it's it's almost like a ponzi scheme you know what i mean exactly I've event, numerous times before and it's hard to sell cds to somebody who's trying to sell a cd to you and that's yeah exactly it exactly into. and i say it's a ponzi scheme because at the end of the day like you can say there's a product because there's an event, but an event is supposed to be at the end of the day, it's supposed to be a good time. Right. Like people are, 
you're supposed to have like people are supposed to be going there who have no uh state interest just to yeah. have a good time you know yeah. what i mean so if it's all just a bunch of people who sold tickets to each other it's like wait this isn't actually a party it's like it's, it's, it's a this gathering is all just like us passing in, money around with each it's, other it's and then a one gathering guy of people involved in, in, trans, in transactions it, it, I've yeah bro i found that shit out I found that shit out when I was 17, bro. I bought onto a show one single time. When I was 17, I paid to um open for Vince Staples for like a hundred bucks or something. They wanted like whatever. I was like, I don't got that, bro. I'll give you a hundred. They were like, yeah, sure. I'll take whatever you got. And then when I got to the show, bro, I might have even been 16, actually. But I realized when I got to the show, and Vince Staples isn't what he is now, or wasn't what he is now, but he was he was working with Earl. He had a good name. He was touring. And when I got there, I realized there were like no Vince Staple fans there. It was all just, you know, the local bozos and shit. And I came to realize I was like, oh, bro, all they're like 10 other people who all put in their money. And these people probably gave what they were originally asking me. Right. Yo, they just made a few racks off top. Yeah. Why even spend any money on promo, bro? That's Vince's exactly fans, Vince's fans don't even know he's in town. I've seen right. zero promo for this. That's why none of Vince's fans are here. It's not that Vince wasn't popping. It was that no, they that no one even knew about the show. It was just basically a Ponzi scheme event. I was 16, 17. Did that my first time. So I didn't know no one in the scene um, to get onto a show. So I was like, fuck it. I'll give it a try. And I immediately was just like, yo, this whole, uh, you know, the whole philosophy of how this work is just flawed. Like, how right. could this ever really be successful? This just seems like bound, any, doomed to fail. Right. Anybody who do, does know that Vince Staples is there also has been to those shows before and knows not to show up to later because they know what it's going to be two hours of bullshit. <laughs> like, or at least. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that, but yeah, no, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't, yeah, do no, do no shit like you that. Want, again. You know to me, the biggest red, I always love red flags. We can close on this, but like my favorite red flags of, of like opening acts that don't belong on stage. One is screaming at you to get closer to the stage. Like, <laughs> like, like that. Then there's the rapping over the beats that have the, the actual songs, not just the beats. That to me is an enormous red flag. Um, just like there's there's a bunch of things where you just you see them and you go have you not seen numerous other people make these same mistakes <laughs> like and the thing is bro if you can sell 50 tickets and if you may even if you any of those people on the bill like know each other like if you were somehow able to sell 25 to 50 tickets and if you have a couple homies that can do that also like you literally have no reason to fucking buy onto an event at this point exactly. you know what i mean it's like you can literally host your own show like i guess in that point there's like a pseudo headliner but yeah, man. No, you don't have but no reason to, to do that. So. It's like, if you're not meeting new audiences, what's the point? That's why I haven't been focusing on the shows as much lately, bro. You know, I go, I get out and do some pop-ups, not really this summer, because Phoenix is ridiculous with the triple-digit heat. But, yeah, one we started getting used to doing like, the pop-ups and shit. There's literally, I mean, for you, it's obviously a lot more people, but for me, I live in a town of 5,000 people. It's like, for me to concentrate so much on the people around me, or for anybody to concentrate so much on the people in the driving distance, when you can concentrate in the entire world, like, through digitally, it's like... Are you, like, far from Boston? I'm, like, two hours from Boston now. Oh, I'm okay. Like, you're, you're a ways away. I Damn, moving, Massachusetts I, is big. Yeah, I lived in um, Boston for a while. I went to school in Boston. I just been gradually moving further and further out. Oh, shout to out to Boston, bro! Because yeah. that's like another. That's a, that's another. Yeah, to round off, that's another example of when I talk about smaller cities that have made impact. Like even though 
Yeah, Guru went to New York, did his thing. Still yeah. kind of rep Boston, especially later Starface. on. Um, even back then, y'all had uh like Ed OG and shit. I was playing um, Ed OG's record yesterday of his. First yeah, so y'all had that, and then as of lately, y'all been going crazy with like you know shout out you know SD Nack, Al Davino, yeah. um, Ed my OG, boy Hayes, my boy Hayes is right crazy. Now. I bet you know about Hayes. He's a fucking animal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. No, there's a. There's, I mean, Static Selector. He's from Boston, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Parker. Um, who token that dude? He was. You know what? Token. But you know what I'm saying? Like I, li- I have never been to Boston in my life. Oh, shout out Michelangelo. That's like he was actually. Yeah, he was over here at the crib, fucking not too long ago with Maze Overlay. Shout out Maze Overlay, my Phoenix homie, uh, doing his thing out here. Get that. Should definitely get him on the show and shit. Yeah. Um, but that's my thing, bro. I can meet people from like random cities, and I'm like, bro, I could probably name ten to fifteen artists like from your cities. I'm gonna challenge you to name one from mine, and my yeah. city's way bigger and shit. We got NBA, we got we got four major sports teams here, biggest college in the country, like all of that. And I'm like, yeah. y'all be damned if you can name one person out this motherfucker. You're, you're someone from Boston, Houston, wherever. I'll know mother, I'll know people from where you're at. I can name so many people from Richmond, Virginia, bro. Virginia in general, I can name like 35 people from Virginia right now. I'll do that in part two when I come back. Sounds good, man. You're welcome to come back. Last, <laughs> last question. What's it going to take for the Suns to win the NBA championship? What's it going to take? I think I think we've done I think we've done pretty well on what it'll take. I think fucking, bro, be, we just got raw firepower. You know what I'm I mean? I'm getting a Steve Nash vibe off you now. I'm just As I'm looking at you, I'm just realizing. Bro, I will come back and we can talk basketball forever, bro. I will tell you about how Steve Nash is the most fucking disrespected MVP. Oh, how he's oh yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. The I most under the most underrated point guard, bro. Nash is top three point guard, like easy, yeah. easy. But um, nah, bro. We're gonna be we're gonna time? be nasty. We're gonna be nasty this season, bro. The Nuggets are the Nuggets, like they're you know they're they're amazing. But I actually that, I had a Nuggets jersey on. I was wearing a Nuggets Iverson jersey right before I started, but it was too hot and it was uncomfortable, so I changed it. So, bro, yeah, Iverson's the hip hop staple. Bro, I got my Iverson All Star jersey. I'd be rocking. Practice. Never bro, no, nah, he's he's a legend, bro. I'll come on here. We'll talk some real basketball, bro. Yeah. I'll definitely get back on here once you clear through your backlog. And I yeah. appreciate you staying up for the no problem, for the man. time difference and everything, bro. For real. Yeah, Glad we got to lock it in. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, man. So definitely check out um Draco by the bedside and available. On, I think I got this on Bandcamp. Is that where it was? I got it everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, everywhere, everywhere right now. Yeah, definitely check out, definitely check out the video. And- yeah, they will be out. I'll have your information below your name the whole time. So, yeah, man, I wouldn't expect any less. You're good at what you do, bro. You're definitely building a solid platform here. And I, like I said, this is my first interview since doing the, you know, on this album circuit. So I appreciate you giving a platform to the nah, independent art. We really need it, a place man. to get really our voice out. Album. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I definitely had appreciate you on if I really dig the album. I really dug it, man. It was, it was super dope. Thank so, you, man. Thank you for putting your support behind it. And that's, I fucking love that uh, it's got your birthday right there on the album. That's know, fucking incredible. That's, yeah, that's unbelievable. I love that. All right, man. Have a good one. Some motherfucking dub in there. You feel me? Start getting shot and smoked.
on city blocks for low with any guap. Same shit, eh, yeah, my first full gray hair. One more felony, I might have my first full gray beard. It's way weird. Feel like that was only yesterday. I'ma slowly blow like parolees to homies yesterday. When I blow, don't roll me like you know me. No, hit the exit stage. Left of the tackle spray, redirecting your steps this way. It feels shit progressing, got the steel with the vested. Even in the summertime, I will Smith and Wesson. You cut it from the grassy, so underground, Nardwar wouldn't know what the fuck to ask me. I stick it in the stomach, now let me hit the throat. She call me Mr. Drummond. So many different strokes, your punchlines, Mr. Drummond. Audience, Mr. Jokes, to your family, return from visit, folks. So Cause her man went from damaged kid to damn he's rich But she still can't stand the way he manages To never put nickels in the can for the cancer kids Plus he cheats at cornhole and rags that he won So she lost interest like porno after she comes My DM started jingling baby as it was done Two seconds later I can hear the snapping of her gums She calls me half Dodge Challenger, half Lip Gallagher I'm happy that I luckily sat next to her in algebra I try to hold her down but I just couldn't balance her Between the million meetings that I keep in my calendar Plus odds aren't too sloppy that I know why my cell is blowing up probably but i should check just as well call the cops see if i can get a hold and tell if that's copyrights yell raising hell inside the holding cell Table, we take charge. I got a style you can make. 